This week I must start with some good news, but also it is sad news. The good news is that the outside world, thanks to the reporting of the New York Times, has, for the first time in a long while, heard from Liu Xiaobo, a rare Chinese citizen who had the courage to argue for gradual political change within China and who, since 2008, has been in prison for daring to do just that. The sad news is that Liu remains in prison and there is not even the slightest hint that the Xi Jinping regime will consider releasing him before his prison term expires in 2020. But the good news is also that Liu hints that his incarceration is at least bearable in some ways. His reported message reads, quote, I am okay. Here in prison, I have continually been able to read and think. In my studies, I have become even more convinced I have no personal enemies. The nimbus around me is shiny enough by now. I hope the world could pay more attention to other victims who are not well known or are not known at all. Unquote. That's typical of Liu Xiaobo, thinking of others rather than thinking only of himself, as so many politicians do. His alleged crime, for which he was later convicted, was helping to write and circulate an online petition called Charter 08, which called for gradual political change within China through the improvement of human and constitutional rights for all Chinese. For this, Liu, after being detained for a year, was charged in June 2009 with inciting subversion of state power. On December 25, 2009, Liu was sentenced by a Beijing court to 11 years' imprisonment. Little has been heard from him since. The New York Times reports that a prominent Chinese writer, Liao Yiwu, now resident in the German capital Berlin, said that he had received this message from Liu Xiaobo but declined to elaborate on how he received the message or what form it arrived in. Evidently, Liao took up residence in Berlin after evading a travel ban on him within China and escaping from China via Vietnam. Liao, who claimed to have known Liu Xiaobo for decades, told the New York Times he received the message early on December the 9th from people in China. Liao said the last time he heard from Liu was before Liu was detained in 2008, when Liu sent him a copy of Charter 08. But still, Liao affirmed that this message from Liu is absolutely real. It is the first time I've received a communication from him in all these years. I can't say how I received it, but I know it is genuine. It is touching to hear this from him. The only person Liu has occasionally seen during his imprisonment has been his ailing wife, Liu Xia. It is said that she has been allowed to see him once a month, though they are kept physically separate when they meet, in return for which she has been effectively held under house arrest at their home despite occasional foreign protests. At first sight, this message may mean that Liu Xiaobo, like many Asian dissidents before him, is being allowed to use his imprisonment for reading and reflection. 
The hard fact remains that earlier Chinese hopes that Xi Jinping's presidency would quickly initiate meaningful political reform could have been enhanced by gestures such as Liu Xiaobo's release from prison. No such gestures have been forthcoming. But at least we are not limited to Liu Xiaobo's 59 words in this short message. At his trial late in 2009, Liu Xiaobo gave a second speech in his own defence, which contained his more impersonal view of China's past, present and future. It is a reasoned attack on the long time and continuing authoritarian pursuit of the crime of speaking. You will hear my voice, but you will be hearing Liu's convictions. Quote, As to the crimes of which I am accused, I cannot accept them. I argue my innocence on the basis of China's constitution, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights of the United Nations, the political reforms I have advocated, and the trend of history. One important result of the reform and open-door policy has been the awakening of Chinese people to their human rights and the rise of civil protection of rights. So the accusations against me infringe my basic rights as a Chinese citizen and are against the basic law of China. It is a typical case of the crime of speaking, of how using the ancient crime of sending a writer to prison has continued. It should be criticised as unreasonable and against the Constitution. The indictment quotes statements as proof of my spreading rumours, slandering and in other ways inciting the subversion of the government and overturning the socialist system. Criticising is not the same as spreading rumours, even less is opposition the same as slander. The indictment uses statements from Charter 08 to accuse me of slandering the government and the party and plotting the subversion and the overthrow of the government. This accusation takes quotations out of context and completely ignores the overall tone of Charter 08 and the opinions I have consistently stated in my articles. First, Charter 08 describes the human rights disasters in modern China. The anti-rightist campaign led to the unjust designation of more than 500,000 rightists. The Great Leap Forward created the unnatural deaths of over 100,000 people. The Cultural Revolution created a great catastrophe. June the 4th was a bloodbath in which many people died and many more were thrown into prison. These events are universally recognised as human rights disasters and created dangers for China, holding back the natural development of the Chinese race and the progress of human civilization. Ending the monopoly of power and special privileges of a single political party is only demanding the ruling party to hand the government back to the people and finally establish a free country for the people, by the people and of the people. The values expressed by Charter 08 and the political reforms it proposes have the long-term objective of a federal state that is free and democratic. There are 19 reform measures with reforms that are gradual and peaceful. 
so the government and the public can work together in good cooperation and quickly implement the dream of a constitutional government cherished by Chinese for 100 years. This is still Liu Xiaobo talking at his trial. In the 20 years from 1989 to 2009, the opinions which I have expressed have consistently been gradual, peaceful, orderly and controllable. I have always opposed sudden reform, taken at one step and even more, have opposed violent revolution. This idea of gradual reform is clearly expressed in my article changing the political power through changing society, that is, by awakening the awareness of the rights of civil society to expand the rights of the people, to increase their sense of their own power, develop civil society so that it can bring pressure from the bottom up and promote the reform of the government from the top down. To summarise, my key ideas for China's political reform are that they should be gradual, peaceful, orderly and controllable and should be interactive from above to below and from below to above. This way causes the least cost and leads to the most effective result. I know the basic principles of political change, that orderly and controllable social change is better than one which is chaotic and out of control. The order of a bad government is better than the chaos of anarchy. So I oppose systems of government that are dictatorships or monopolies. This is not inciting subversion of state power. Opposition is not equivalent to subversion. One reason I am not guilty is that the accusations against me contravene internationally recognised human rights standards. In 1948, as a permanent member of the United Nations Security Council, China participated in the drafting of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Half a century later, in 1998, China made a solemn pledge in front of the international community by signing two UN conventions on human rights. One of these, the International Treaty on Citizens' Rights and Political Rights, recognises freedom of speech as a basic universal right and demands that the government of each country respect and protect it. As a permanent member of the UN Security Council and a member of the United Nations Human Rights Board, China has an obligation to respect treaties and a responsibility to fulfil its own obligations. It should be a model in implementing the clauses of these treaties that protect human rights. Only in this way can the Chinese government fully safeguard the human rights of its own people. It should make its contribution to promote the cause of international human rights and in doing so show the civilised demeanour of a great country. Coming into the modern era, the Chinese Communist Party went from being weak to being strong and finally triumphed over the Guomindang. It drew its source of strength from its promise to oppose dictatorship in the name of freedom. Before 1949, the Communist Party's Xinhua Daily and Liberation Daily regularly printed articles attacking the restrictions on free expression by the government of the Chiang Kai-shek family. It made a hue and cry about intellectuals punished for what they said. 
Mao Zedong and other party leaders often spoke of freedom of expression as a basic right. But after 1949, from the anti-rightist campaign to the Cultural Revolution, the freedom of expression was lost in the Maoist era and the country fell into a deathly silence. With the start of reform, the ruling party has corrected injustices and greatly increased the liberty for different opinions. The space for free speech by society has widened continuously and the number of writers thrown into prison has greatly decreased. But the tradition of the crime of speaking has not completely disappeared. From the April the 5th movement to June the 4th, from Democracy Wall to Charter 08, there have been examples of this. My indictment is only the most recent example. In the 21st century, freedom of expression has become the common right of people in most countries. A government cannot suppress the legitimate expression of different opinions and cannot depend on throwing writers into prison as a way to remain in power in the long term. The problems of the pen can only be solved by the use of the pen. As soon as you use the gun to solve the problems of the pen, you will create a disaster of human rights. Only by eliminating the practice of throwing writers into prison can you guarantee that the freedom of speech promised in the Constitution will be given to each citizen. Then will the right of freedom of speech be protected in a systematic way and the throwing of writers into prison will be banished forever from the land of China. The crime of speech is contrary to the principles of human rights set down in China's constitution and laws, and it is contrary to the UN Declaration on International Human Rights. It goes against the universal justice and the current of history. I plead innocent for what I have done, and I hope that I can earn the acceptance of this court. I thank you all. Unquote. You've been listening to the English translation of Liu Xiaobo's speech in his own defence, which he prepared for his trial, but was not allowed to deliver. He was sentenced to 11 years' imprisonment. Neither Liu nor his lawyers were allowed to speak in open court when his appeal was heard on February the 12th, 2010. But Liu was able to shout three words as he was taken away. I am innocent. <laughs> 